Tech Fighter Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 596 for the 10th of June, 2018. This week, anyone who's planning to create a website will probably work with a visual editor, something like Adobe Dreamweaver. To learn what goes on behind the scenes, though, nothing beats a little preliminary learning with a non-visual editor. In short circuits, certain sounds can cause your computer to crash, might even harm the computer's hard disk, but it's a long shot. Companies that provide home health care can reduce the number of hospital readmissions for many chronic diseases, but only if they act promptly. Technology may be coming to the rescue. If you're using an older version of Chrome or Firefox, a new technique can be used to steal information as you visit websites. And in spare parts, only on the website, poor customer experience seems to be the norm on federal websites and according to Forrester Research, conditions are not improving. Most Americans say the Internet has made their lives better, but has worsened society overall. And they're worried that tech companies don't consider the impact of their products and services. There's little question that creating and maintaining a website should usually be done with a visual editor, something like Adobe's Dreamweaver. But that doesn't mean Dreamweaver is right for every person, every time. Sometimes using a non-visual editor does make a lot of sense. So what are the alternatives? Well, I'm thinking of a non-visual editor such as Bluefish. It's an open source application that runs on Windows, Linux, and Mac OS. While it's true that writing code is a lot slower than designing a site visually, there are some advantages, particularly for those who are just learning HTML or CSS or PHP. The primary advantage in that case is that you see and learn exactly how the magic works. There's one other case that comes to mind, though. Dreamweaver creates certain protected bits of code in templates and libraries, these are components that are intended to be repeated on nearly all pages, such as the overall site design that's the same on every page controlled by a template that might include the menu system, and components that will be used on multiple pages. One example of a library item is the explanatory information I use to remind visitors how to see larger views of small images that are on the site. You'll see an example of that on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Editing a library item or a template must be accomplished by opening the library item or the template, not on the page where these occur. Any attempt to edit one of these on a page will be rejected, even in code view. Now that's intentional, and it's a good idea. But occasionally Dreamweaver gets a little confused. It allows a change to be made to a non-protected area in code view, but then warns that the change will not be saved because it was in a protected component, even though it wasn't. And that's where a non-visual editor is really useful. If you know that what you want to change really isn't in a protected area, 
you can make the change with another editor. And if you learned earlier how to read and interpret code on a website page by starting with a non-visual editor, learning the code behind the scenes, you'll be able to easily confirm that what you're about to change is safe. Then, using the non-visual editor, you can make the change and reopen the page in Dreamweaver. The analogy I've heard to describe an operation like that goes like this. Your car may have an automatic transmission, but the tow truck that pulls you out of the ditch will have a manual transmission. Now, I suspect that a lot of tow trucks these days do have automatic transmissions. The idea behind the analogy, though, still remains valid. Bluefish includes color coding and some limited hinting for many useful languages that are needed for website design, from HTML, PHP, JavaScript, and cascading style sheets to Python, Perl, Java server pages, and SQL. Using an editor such as Bluefish is a two-part operation because it's not visual. In the first part, the user writes and visualizes internally what the page is going to look like. Maybe you're creating some tabular data with columns and rows. So you start with a table tag and then specify whether there will be a border and whether cells will include any additional spacing or margins. Then you create the tags that render the rows and columns. And finally, you add the information that you want to display in the table. Part two involves saving the page and then opening it in a web browser to confirm that the code you wrote displays properly. You'll see a Bluefish illustration on the TechBiter Worldwide website that shows a form that the user fills out to create a table structure and then a similar dialog box that creates a component in a form. Even with these built-in helps, it's still very much a manual operation that depends on the user to know how things work. Dreamweaver makes development easy by making it possible to create a page that contains placeholders for many elements with just a few clicks. Given the highly visual aspect of today's websites, you'll quickly outrun the capabilities of a non-visual editor. There are some coding masters, I would consider them masters anyway, that are capable of writing fully adaptive websites that are filled with complex page regions, and they can do it in non-visual editors. Most of us, though, probably will be ready to move on to Dreamweaver once we've learned the basics of at least two coding languages, HTML5, which controls the content of the page, and CSS3, Cascading Style Sheets, which control the formatting. One additional language is all but essential today, too. It's called PHP. Other programming languages are helpful, but PHP is a good one to learn initially. Bluefish installers are available for Ubuntu Linux, Debian Linux, Fedora Linux, Mac OS, and Windows. It is an open source project. Bluefish's source code is also available for those who prefer to compile their own. The latest version of Bluefish is 2.2.3, and some of the new features are described in a short video that I've included on the TechBiter Worldwide website this week. In addition to being an editor for websites, Bluefish is also a good editor for languages such as Ada, C and C++, Java, Pascal, and many others. The installer can be downloaded from the Bluefish project on OpenOffice in the Netherlands, and you'll find a link to that on the TechBiter Worldwide website.
In short circuits, here's something new to worry about, but don't spend too much time worrying. Researchers at the University of Michigan and Zhejiang University in China say that certain kinds of computers can be physically damaged by sound waves played by the computer itself. That sounds dangerous, maybe even scary, but in fact it sounds a lot worse than it is. To be affected, the computer needs to be small and equipped with a standard mechanical hard drive that's near to the computer's speakers. That significantly limits the pool of vulnerable computers. The research says that certain audible sounds can create vibration that exceeds design specifications in the mechanical disk drive. Additionally, some ultrasonic sounds can cause false positives in the shock sensor, which is designed to prevent a head crash. The ultrasonic sound spectrum starts at about 20 kilohertz. If the shock sensor is fooled, it will shut down the disk drive until the user reboots the computer. The researchers say that they have verified that drives from Seagate, Western Digital, and Toshiba, the primary manufacturers of disk drives, are susceptible. The full report is on the University of Michigan website. It's a PDF file. You'll find a link to it on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Sound required to do damage has to be loud. So loud, in fact, that it's surprising a small computer could produce a sound that loud. Some of the experiments showed a data loss using a 5 kilohertz sound, well within the audible range, at 115 to 117 decibels. That's the loudness you would experience while using a leaf blower or attending a rock concert. That's pretty loud for a small computer. Researchers say they created a successful attack using Chrome, so theoretically an attacker would not need physical access to the computer. The test involved a video surveillance system, and the attack caused some data loss that happened when the internal disk drive stopped recording data until the computer was rebooted. So although these kinds of attacks can cause damage, the actual risk appears to be minimal. An attacker who wants your data or your money would use different methods. And any attacker whose only goal is to damage the computer will probably use other methods that aren't limited by conditions such as the disk drive type and proximity to internal speakers. Once upon a time, doctors made house calls. Few of them do now, and in fact it hasn't been common for decades, but sometimes home health care can save money, and insurers are looking at technology that can limit what are considered to be unnecessary hospital admissions. Patients with diseases such as congestive heart failure, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, and diabetes are often treated at a hospital, released, and then readmitted. That's a situation that's not good for anybody concerned. Research suggests that nearly 30% of readmissions within 30 days could have been avoided. 
Home health care providers are supposed to monitor patients for early warning signs of problems that could be treated at home. A San Diego company, Homestead Health, has developed technology that it refers to as nurse collar for companies that provide in-home health care. The devices are similar to the ones marketed using catchphrases such as, help, I've fallen and I can't get up. But instead of just connecting to a call center, these connect to the home health care providers. Homestead Home Health Director Kathleen Hollohan says hospitalized patients rely on the nurse call button to request immediate assistance. At home, though, that's not possible. The nurse caller technology aims to correct that problem and to reduce avoidable patient readmissions by allowing a patient to contact a visiting nurse, a home health care provider, or a nurse assist hotline. The provider would be able to answer questions about medical conditions, confirm medications, schedule or reschedule follow-up appointments, or assess a worsening condition. The goal is to involve a home health provider before the patient's condition requires an EMS dispatch and a visit to the hospital's emergency department. Hollahan says the $20 monthly fee for nurse caller can easily save tens of thousands of dollars for each avoidable admission or readmission. A newly discovered browser flaw, initially described as something that's aimed at Facebook users, could actually be used on any website. Although the researchers said they found vulnerabilities in both Chrome and Firefox, they said Internet Explorer, Microsoft Edge, and Safari appeared not to be affected. But before you decide to scrap Firefox and Chrome, let's consider the rest of the story. When used on Facebook, the exploit would allow a malicious website to grab the user's Facebook profile picture, name, and a list of pages the user has liked. It's done via a cross-site iframe login dialog that uses a cascading style sheet 3 function called Mixed Blend Mode. Mixed Blend Mode is a graphical component that's used to stack elements to add animation and other effects. The process essentially scans the screen one pixel at a time to collect information about each pixel. The researchers say private images can be captured, and so can users' responses. However, if Firefox and Chrome are up to date, the exploit is blocked. Chrome users should have at least version 63. The current version is 67. And Firefox users will be safe if they have at least version 60, which is the current version. So check your browser. If it's not up to date, be sure to install the current version. And if you find that you already have the latest version, well, just relax. And while you're relaxing, head over to the TechBiter Worldwide website, www.techbiter.com, and check out spare parts because that is the only place you'll find it. This week, poor customer experience seems to be the norm on federal websites. And according to Forrester Research, conditions are not improving. And most Americans say the Internet has made their lives better, but has worsened society overall. 
And they're worried that tech companies don't consider the impact of their products and services. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Be sure to check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. See you next week.